Film on the Rocks is back, baby. Film on the Rocks has been Colorado's essential summer event for over 20 years. They feature live performances and movies under the stars at the iconic Red Rocks Park and Amphitheater. The summer series combines some of the best in culture, views, and cult classics. It's a movie experience like no other. These viewings fill up fast, so make sure you get your tickets ASAP. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley. As the name on the tin says, we will be talking quite a bit about the Avs and their expansion draft setup, all the things surrounding that. But first, some other news to get to in Avalanche land. Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen named two NHL All-Star teams. Car named to the first team and Miko named to the second team. It was close though. Yeah, Ranton and uh, I think I think Ranton and only missed out by uh, it was just a couple of points, and Marner only had like I think three extra first place votes. Yeah, so it was a that was actually a tight race. Miko obviously ended up being the Avs' highest point total getter this year because McKinnon missed a handful of games. Just kind of the way that things panned out. Congrats to them, I guess. I don't think, I think much like the regular awards, the Avs players mostly don't care too much about these types of things at this point. But neat. If they've got contract bonuses, they care. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Miko doesn't uh, have any contract bonuses. but Yeah, if they've got $200,000 <laughs> on the line or something. You yeah. know. You probably are watching that award ceremony a little closer. Like that gets that, that gets them a little closer to their yacht. Yeah, exactly right. One less, uh, one less punch into the yacht fund, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. I don't, I don't know that uh, that two hundred k is gonna look like nothing pretty soon here for Kale, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a one paycheck pretty soon yeah, for him. That, that, that the 80 million dollar deal that he's barreling towards yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a different life at that point for him but either way uh congratulations to them definitely uh well deserved on on both their parts i would say we've talked eichel and jones already my man i mean it I happened. I don't think we'll talk Eichel at all, really. I think we might tangentially get into the Jones stuff a little bit, but it won't be the main topic, certainly, for yeah. the day. We, we did a whole show on it already, is what I mean. Like, we, we did this. Yep. So, we talked We talked all about Seth Jones and the Avs. Um, Eichel... Look, I sent out a tweet yesterday that was more cheeky than anything else, but I will I will tell you. Um, look, Colorado's checked in. They've looked. They poked around. It would be uh, negligence if they didn't, right? Yeah, I did. I would say that I wouldn't take Colorado seriously in that running, unless that market really has a problem materializing. So, yeah. So, it, yep. It's a fun thought, but yeah, there's not even smoke to that fire yet. So yeah, I mean, we're I, I don't I don't even think anybody um, is trading for Eichel anytime soon uh, until the uh, the back neck injury stuff starts to get sorted out. Yeah, 
and then they can then they can teams teams start to get some medical information you know they're they're taking on a significant financial investment well so. i mean and, and since we're here that's also why i was so surprised that there has been so much smoke around seth jones lately <laughs> in that it seems really hard to move that dude before the expansion draft uh yeah i mean i don't i would be surprised if that happened so so it, and this is the case for probably most move this year um i yes we saw arvidson get moved but the, he's about the only one so far uh, yeah and i think the the only other moves that we will see before that will be teams desperate to sort out their expansion draft situation basically it will it will be expansion draft related yes yeah because beyond that teams especially this year with the flat cap and all this other stuff going on it, they're not giving away those protected slots for free in the expansion yeah, draft at they all need, well then teams need to know like financially uh roster wise what happens in expansion for them to really start to move on you know what what hole do they need to fill if any you know whatever whatever is going to happen needs to happen there but before teams can really get to the the real business uh I think there's a chance that the, the the two days between the expansion draft and the entry draft, there's a chance I think that the, those days are bananas. Yep. Um, so it, there's a chance that of that, there's also a chance that absolutely nothing happens on the other side of the. There spectrum, is. So. <laughs> every every time somebody every time you hear a guy like me start to predict, oh, this is going to be silly season. And nothing happens, and you're just like, okay. Three hours into our live show, like, hmm. Yeah, well then, (laughs) this was exciting stuff, guys. (laughs) Yeah, very likely the NHL season coming to a close tonight as well. Um. I don't think anyone would expect a reverse sweep out of Montreal. We'll put it that way, but nah, yeah. Um, anyway, that's most of the news for the day. I guess one, one other thing, uh, definitely thoughts go out to, to Columbus and the Kivlinik's family. Um, yeah, obviously awful. the terrible, terrible news there. Uh, the passing of, is it Mattis or Matisse? Matisse. Matisse. Kivlinik's, uh, 24 years old had played a, couple of games in the NHL too. Um yeah. Yeah. A real bummer. Definitely. This stuff happens every so often and it's it's never any easier. So Yeah, I mean I still remember when Alexei Cherpanov passed away. Yeah. You know, that was it's always it's always really tough. You see someone so young so much future still ahead of them. It's it's tough, man. Yep. So, yeah, definitely thoughts out over there. Uh, now we have to take a really awkward hard left yeah. turn into talking yeah. about a game. Now it's it's back to work. Life goes on for everybody sometimes. Um, but in any case, looking at the Avs expansion draft. I see someone in chat asking, could the Avs trade Graves instead of having him just taken? Uh, sure, they could. Um, that There's I'm a lot sure. of guesses there, though. I'm not sure I under- totally understand the premise of the question there. But the, conceptually, you this would be assuming that Seattle is going to take Ryan Graves. Okay. Could the Avs trade him instead? To yes. Seattle or elsewhere? Not clear, but yes, they could okay. theoretically. Well, I yeah, think it totally. would be pretty hard to do. You think it would be hard to trade Graves? I think it would be hard to trade any defenseman before the expansion draft. The defensive protection slots are at such a premium. Yeah, I think that's a fair point that um before the expansion draft it would be it would be tough to move him. 
nah, it might not be that tough to move him to Seattle, but if Seattle's planning on taking him, you just let him take him. You don't trade him. Well, and we had uh, we had this conversation the last time we did the mock draft that Seattle is going to have a lot of options. Yep. On defense. Uh, yep. They're going to have way more interesting options on defense than they are at forward. Although I fully expect that to change in the next couple of weeks as teams start to protect guys. Hammer out what's actually out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Everything's uh, everything's on the table until it's not, right? <laughs> Things that look real interesting start getting shaved down real quick when teams actually submit their protected lists. But... It, We'll have to wait and see for official lists. We'll we'll do our best to give you what the Avs list will likely look like. Um, it's, the, it's the 17th. Yeah, the 17th is... Is when the lists are submitted, announced. The, the teams have to have them in by the 17th, basically. I don't know that there's anything stopping them from submitting them before, but... <laughs> Could you imagine if a team like just like on the fourteenth was like, "We're good. We're, we're set. We're we know good. who we're set. We're yeah. protected. Here you go. We don't need. We don't need to do this anymore. Just sort your stuff out. Um. So we'll see on that one. Uh, honestly, I don't think this is a very complicated process for the most part for the Avs, but. We'll go through all of the options and and consider every angle to look at here. Um, starts with the goaltender position, the most straightforward one. Every single team only protects one goaltender. If the Avs believe there is any decent chance of Philip Grubauer coming back, that's an easy protect. Yeah. I, I really don't think there's much more to it than that unless they're confident he's gone. And then I guess you protect Francois just in case. Uh, Well, you have to have at least one goaltender exposed. JoJo would cover that. Yeah, I guess he would. Actually, Miska would cover it too, technically. Yeah, I think that's why Miska got the two-year deal. But not the point now. Yeah. Um, Ended up not really mattering, but yeah. Well, and I guess technically Dubnik probably would count as well. I don't think so because he's UFA, right? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that the goalie contract rule is the one that's always kind of tripping yeah, me up. It, that's the one where it's like. There's no games played requirement. Yeah. As long as they're either under contract or an RFA that has been qualified. Uh, my brain hurts. Anyway, um not gonna not gonna matter. Um But yeah, it I I, I don't even think there's really any reason delving into the reasons of, of protecting Francois. Apparently he's exempt. Is he? So they didn't count the uh, the two games he was on the bench for this year? I guess, man. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've got the cap-friendly tool pulled up, and they have him as exempt. So okay. That's... Well, then it, yeah, it literally doesn't matter. You just protect Philip Grubauer then. Yeah. Easy enough. And if they take if they take JoJo, then you just have a hearty laugh about it because yeah, it's like, it, this, the, what a wild story that ends up being. <laughs> you, um, you trade for him. You delay the announcement of the trade for a day because of a COVID test, um, making sure that you didn't just trade for a guy with COVID, <laughs> and then you get him. He wasn't any good. He got dunked on by Buffalo media. And then goes what five and one for you, and you sign him to a deal, and then he gets taken an expansion. And it's just kind of like, all right, well, you're back to looking for a third goalie again. Yeah, Adam Warner would be an RFA and available in the expansion draft. 
They have him as protected or exempt as well. Uh, Puckpedia has him as eligible. There have been some differences between these two lately. <laughs> so, maybe a little unclear there. Also, kind of the same story, though. If if Seattle wants Adam Werner, then the Avs just say, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, straight up. Colorado's one of the teams that uh, will have an option on forward and defense for a legit NHL player. Yep. And they're not going to have that they're not going to have that option from every team. It so would be very weird for Seattle to take a goalie from Colorado. Basically. Well, and it would be like there's like like it would be stupid of them to take like Jacob McDonald. Yeah. Like we know we know that they have put an all-star team of uh of an analytics department together, right? Like we've all we've all seen the people that they've hired and the department that they've built out, but it's like if you take Jacob McDonald, the abs are going to be like, okay, the, look, thanks. Jacob McDonald's underlying analytics may look very good. They're also a sample right. size of thirty games. Right. There is there's something to be said about that compared to other players that will be available with significantly larger sample sizes. Um, yeah, well, and, and Jacob McDonald is 28 years old. Yep. So how much how much are you believing in any of that? Yeah. You know, like, are you believing that he had the breakouts? Not that guys can't have, can't figure it out late in their careers. But... <laughs> but you're Seattle and you have bona fide NHLers to pick from. Are you really taking that gamble? Yeah. Uh, right. And you have all the expansion or all the salary cap room in the world. You don't need yeah. to mess around. Like You're, you don't need would, to pick and choose 900 K guys to. Right. Yeah. It, like it would, it would be stupid to take Jacob McDonald. And if they're going to do something stupid, then you just say, thank you. You know, I know we're all, we're, we're all, we're going to talk certainly about JT Comfort and the, the three three million dollar players that we've all kind of zeroed in on as the guys that could get taken in this thing, but if they take Logan O'Connor, then you just kind of shrug and move on. Yeah, but look, obviously, I think the Evs would prefer to probably shed more cap than one of those guys. But if you end up in that situation, you look at it and say, "Hey." the team didn't really get worse. They they had a chance. They had a they had a chance to take a and a guy who had a real role on the team that won the president's trophy and it's, instead they took Logan O'Connor, you know, right. like you just you just sort of shrug and you're like, "Okay, well that happened." You know, like, "Oh, all right." You yeah. like Logan O'Connor? There's lots of there's lots of reasons to believe that he's going to be a decent fourth line guy for them in the future. We we saw they certainly missed him in the postseason, especially with no Matt Calvert. But I mean, like, I mean, do you, you remember you remember the second game that Logan O'Connor played? Because <laughs> that's the that's the one that you have to keep in mind. We are like right, 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 right. It's, it's just a different world going into this expansion draft, right? The Avs aren't that team this year. The Avs aren't the Detroit of the world where they're protecting yeah. all of their decent players and scraps are left. Yeah, well, I mean, you remember you look at the Avs. I know Chad has touched on this already, but you look at the, what the Avs protected at Vegas, and it's like Matt Nieto and Stan Andrichetto and Rocco Grimaldi. Yep, you know, like but Blake Como, <laughs> like they didn't, they didn't. There wasn't anything left after they got done protecting the couple of easy. Okay, well, obviously you protect that guy. There wasn't a lot left, so. That's not going to be the case this time around. Um, the abs, the abs, this, so, you know, as you mentioned with Grubauer at, at goaltender, it's a really easy decision. You just, yep. you protect Grubauer and you're done. We will continue going through the rest of their lineup, but we do need to take a quick one here as we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Got myself a little vanilla porter right here. This is actually old. I drank it like 
a while ago, but that's okay. Uh, get yourself some at the DNVR bar or find a local liquor store near you. Take an eye out for their good company hard seltzer as well. Their 15 can sampler packs are just absolutely delicious. I know you uh, you delivered some to Z up there, and, and she seemed like she was enjoying the beers at least. Did she did she try big, to big fan okay. of Starbucks Sky? All right, so call that a win. Yeah. Um, we're also brought to you by uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Almost said Breckenridge Brewery again. You can use code DNVR when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook with a new account to get amazing odd boosts. Right now, they are giving you an amazing deal on McGregor versus Poirier 3 for UFC 264. Uh, they're giving you 264 to 1 odds. So if someone gets knocked out in the first round, either guy, doesn't matter who, you turn $1 into $264. Why not fire away and turn yourself in a decent little, uh, not 200K, but, you know, that'll make a dent in the yacht fund for sure. Uh, 264 bucks to play with. Uh, so pick your fighter you think will win by first round knockout and get your chance to win at $264 when you bet $1 on McGregor or Poirier. Either way, don't worry, though, if MMA is not for you, they have you covered with all the other sports as well, whether it be baseball, which is the main one going on right now, of course. But of course, NBA finals, still time to bet on the NHL finals as well. As far as today going on after that, it might get a little bit harder to bet on the NHL. But I I guess uh, the super early odds are out for next year's cup, right? As are favorites there, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the exact odds either, to be honest with you. I haven't I haven't looked at next year. We got expansion draft and other things to worry about more immediately on yeah. that one. But either way. <laughs> looking at looking at next year's odds uh, right now, uh, I mean, the league hasn't even reorganized itself. It hasn't added its 32nd team in yet. I'm I'm not I'm not throwing any Hail Marys. Right? <laughs> NHL's got a lot of work to do yet. <laughs> yeah. So Download the top red DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that DNVR promo code to get that $1 into $264 bet for the main event of UFC 264. Again, remember to use that DNVR code. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. New customers only. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook with Rudo and AJ. Uh, let's get into the defensive side of things. Again, I think this one is pretty straightforward for the Avs with the assumption, and it seems pretty darn likely, that Eric Johnson waves his no-move clause. Um, assuming yeah. he does that, look, McCarr and Gerard are auto-protects regardless and so is tapes yeah well if it in, in an alternate universe where ej doesn't wave you protect mccarr and gerard yeah uh in that universe you go four four you think yeah so you expose katry uh, Although, boy, that hurts. If they take him, that hurts. Luckily, that's probably not the world we're living in because EJ will wave his NMC. But yeah, it hasn't it hasn't been believed to be an issue for several months now. Um, EJ and the NMC. So, and yeah, obviously, that... until until it's official, there will be at least one of you listening who freaks out about it, but. It's. I would just say, deep breaths. It's going to be okay. I think he'll wave, and I don't think it'll be any kind of an issue. Yeah, like uh, buyout is potentially an option as well, but. Um, it, yeah, I mean, if he doesn't wave, then yes, you buy him out. That just simplifies done. the equation. Yeah, and, done. And, and the ads protect Makar Gerard. Which. Day. Which is more reason why he waves, because as I've said, he loses $4 million that way, uh, and he's not going to recoup that $4 million over the next two years. So it, it makes sense for everybody for EJ to wave. Yeah. 
the the protection is super easy. Byram's exempt, so you don't have to worry about that. Timmons is also exempt because of the year that he missed. Um, and you're left with the only real everyday NHL defenseman being exposed is, is Ryan Graves. Yeah. He's your only regular on your defense that you have to worry about in the expansion draft. Yep. So conceptually that's pretty straightforward. Is there, is there a price tag you would be willing to pay to keep graves or is this a, just take your medicine situation for the abs of Seattle want him? Uh, if Seattle wants him, you can, the, the, the thing, the thing with where Colorado is, is that they, and the reason why they want to lose Money. one of these $3 million players is because they can replace that role internally. If it's Ryan Graves, look, it's not going to look the same. They don't have another six foot five long haired <laughs> vampire just <laughs> hanging out in their prospect farm. Yeah. But between, between Bo Byram and Connor Timmons having bigger roles on the team next year, between Eric Johnson giving you whatever he will give you next year, you can you can replace what you lost in Ryan Graves. And then, sure, if you wanted to go into free agency, Jamie, and if he makes it to free agency, then Jamie Alexiak is your perfect replacement, right? Yeah. He's going to cost you more than $3.1 million, though. So you need to lose you need to lose Graves and then probably something else. I mean that's um, he's not going to free agency to take a discount deal. The the thing is though, right? The Avs have multiple options there. They have the free agency route. They have the maybe we just play Connor Timmons route. The they have the uh, if you're a Jacob McDonald fan, you can drop him into the lineup. Whatever, right? I, well, and and I mean between the Eric Johnson, Bowen Byram, and Connor Timmons, like yeah, that that's role that's gets filled one way or another. Yeah, that's half of a defense that I just listed. Yep. And Ryan Graves is arguably the one guy in their top four in the Vegas series that just didn't that belong the in the top four for sure. Yeah. The one where you're like, look, if he's playing in the Patrick Nemeth role, and you put him next to Connor Timmons as your third pairing or next to Eric Johnson as your third pairing, you're feeling pretty good. You, you know what you feel real good. I think. Yeah, I think you do. I, I, I think that that's a third pairing. You really, really like regardless. It doesn't even matter. Any combination of those three, you're really happy with that. So, um, you know, if, if with graves, it's just, they, Graves is, it's not that he doesn't have value. Teams like, teams always love guys who are six foot five, block shots, are really good team oriented guys, blah, 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 blah. They, they love guys like that. He's right in the middle of his prime. It's just, it's just on this roster. They can, they, they're in a position where they can lose him and replace him. It's not, it's not going to look the same. You know, Bo Byram in that role plays a very different style of game, but it's one that's certainly more conducive to the way the Avalanche want to play. Is it can is is it the kind of style of play? You know, if you throw him in there with all the with Gerard and Makar and Daves, is it the style of play that's going to win you a Stanley Cup? That's obviously to be determined. But you sure like your chances if you know the definitive answer to that question. And uh, I have a job for you in every front office in the league, but yeah, straight up. <laughs> like, I know, I know that we're all on the internet and it's easy to say things with confidence, but it's, it, they're like, really, you know, the, if you actually know that, um, <laughs> boy, yeah. You'll be making a lot of money if you can consistently know those things. Yeah, that's for sure. But it is so the one significant NHL piece that's being exposed is there right. are multitudes of avenues for the Avs to replace it on the defense. Yeah, side. absolutely. So, and and this is 
going to be a point that we likely circle back to on the forward side as well in what I alluded to at the start of uh, certainly for the Avs, the expansion draft is very likely a lose your guy and move on. You don't have to do anything fancy. Yeah. Look, I I think there would be some value if they wanted to send their third round pick this year to Seattle and say, take two of these guys. <laughs> we'll give you one so we free up even more money. Exactly. Because do you, you know, if they if they send that pick and they say take JT Comfer and Ryan Graves, like we'll give you Ryan Graves and a third round pick to take JT Comfer. All of a sudden that frees up six and a half million. Yeah. Then you have six and a half million dollars that have been freed up and you can do some things. Yeah. Definitely uh definitely would give them significantly more flexibility on you you typing in all caps that he's not a good hockey player is doesn't make it true. I, I feel like you got you got played because he said Adam Graves. I just ignored the Adam part. All right. People still do that, so <laughs> I still I still see the Adam thing happen every once in a while. <laughs> in any case, uh, yeah, it. I mean. As the chat is is referencing, it's Brandon Sod money. We'll get into that conversation in a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just with it's six and a half. You want money? Yeah, with six and a half million dollars extra, like freed up. Okay, there there's a number of different there, there's it. there's a number of different avenues that they could go. They could that you get into the trade market, you get into uh, you you get into free agency. You know. Well, and, and you have the Alexiak conversation if you want. You well, this is the magic of replacing that role with a Connor Timmins with a with a Bowen Byram because yes, you freed up six and a half million, but you do have to replace that spot. You replace it with Connor Timmins. It's a million dollars it for yeah, right. You still have your net gain is like five and a half million dollars. Yeah, of money to play with. If you replace it with an Alexiak, which is fine, maybe you get better at that position, but you're not freeing up as much money because you still had to replace that role that way. Yeah. So it, it just kind of depends on how they want to re- approach it. Are they freeing up that money to directly replace one of those guys? Are they freeing up that money to potentially bring back a Brandon sod or are they freeing up that money to do something in the trade market, free agent market, whatever. Yeah. It, the, the paths scatter quite quickly. Yep. I mean, it's this. This is the 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 interesting part of Colorado's offseason. Like every offseason, teams have like a path forward, right? Um, the last couple of years, Colorado's had both the cap space and the roster openings and the prospect farm to do whatever they kind of wanted, right? Yep. To chase after, to to go after. But you look at all the guys that they brought in. They in the last couple of years, uh, Brandon Saad, Devon Taves. Um, Nazem Kadri, Andre Burakovsky, Jonas Donskoy, Pierre Edward Belmar, Matt Calvert. Like they, they brought in a lot of different faces in the last couple of years. Well, but this, this year it's, it's, there's less roster opportunity. Right. Um, and it, like, we're like, even just talking about a guy like Alexiak. It, okay. It, assume he gets to free agency. Assume assume Colorado has interest. Assume Colorado has the money. Assume they can find all these middle grounds. He comes to Colorado. Where does he play? Yeah. That... What 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 else? What other decisions got made? Because you do still have. Let's even if you do do lose Ryan Graves in in the expansion draft, you do still have. Bowen Byram, Eric Johnson, and Connor Timmons are all right there. Jacob McDonald is already under contract as a as a perfectly fine depth guy. And then you have Justin Barron sitting in the AHL. Like, it, where does Jamie Alexiak fit into that picture? There have to be other decisions that get made, you know, where, where either you're sending 
Byram to the AHL for some reason. Connor Timmons right, going back. Like to yeah, to your original some... points up until this point, especially I think on the defensive side, up until this last year, when the Avs brought someone in, there wasn't anyone on that roster that you're looking at and going, Boy, that's a tough scratch. Now you are making a scratch you don't want to make if you're bringing in someone else. Yeah. On, and specifically talking about the defense for sure right now. Yeah. Because at forward, it's a really muddied. The Fs have like three dudes that could be their 13th forward on the on that side. It, it's yeah. it's we'll a get to weirder the, bottom there, but yeah. We'll get to the forwards. Yeah. Um, but for right now, I mean, with this defense, it's like they can lose Ryan Graves and just be okay. Yeah. You know, would they love it? No, they wouldn't love it, but arguably not any worse. Just strictly losing him and replacing yeah. him internally. The one the one question I would ask if you're Seattle even knowing all of the defensemen that are going to be available league wide, at least one that we think, you know, before deals start getting made, it looks yeah, like yeah. it certainly it certainly looks like it's a it's a rich environment, right? All of a sudden, but, you get to trade for Shea Theodore and and also get a decent NHL. Yeah, and it's right. like, oh, okay. Well. Right. So before before deals start getting made here, uh, it looks like there's going to be a good environment for them to pick up a defenseman. If you're Seattle, is there any interest in Eric Johnson? Like, um, you know, like you can sell the, that. 33 years old isn't dead. But obviously, injuries have been a hallmark of his entire career. It's not just recently. It's his entire career. He has struggled with injuries. But the, you know, six years, two million, two two years left, it's really not that big of a deal, right? So, like, two, a two-year two deal... At six million per, like they can handle that, especially starting from scratch. They can handle. They can. They can easily take on the six million. the The real problem is, is that they they. Here's they. Does, is he any Is he of any real right. use to them on the ice? And and like as an off ice, as a leadership guy, as just a great human totally. being, it makes sense from that standpoint. Absolutely, but, like but, you know, Ron Francis well, is going to be interested in that. But does he actually do anything for them on ice? And, and here's here is where Seattle is going to have to make a decision on who <clears throat> they are trying to be. And realistically, I don't think they're going to try and replicate what happened in Vegas because Vegas wasn't even trying to do that. It just kind of happened. Yeah, well, do you remember all the futures that they traded for? Yeah. They had they had like 25 picks in a... Right, and they ended up shipping out most of them to try and get good right, right. because Well, because like they ended up good, and they were like, okay, well, now we're in a position where we feel like we have to go for it. Right, but... Great, that's a great position to be in, but... So to... That was not their intention. Right. So to that end in Seattle, I don't see how they can take on EJ at full contract value because there is no universe where you flip that guy. Especially, especially with Ryan Graves right there for half the price on a two-year deal that's UFA expiration in the heart of his prime. That dude, if he goes to Seattle and has a solid year, is the biggest trade deadline rental defenseman bait in the world. And we've seen every year someone will give up a first for a defenseman. I mean, David Sard, Savard got a first. Got a fir- David Savard got a first round pick. And look, we already, we've already seen how hard it is to move money while it might get a bit easier because teams understand the flat cap that they're under now. It's way easier to move graves 3 million than it is EJ 6 million down the line for Seattle. Now, you could get into some crazy scenarios where the Avs look to drop EJ's contract with something retained on Seattle through, like, a, a trade mechanic, but... So, are you talking about, like, they trade EJ to Seattle and then, say, retain $2 million? Yeah. Because that's the same amount of money that they would have on a buyout, so... Anyway, exactly, and then... It's and just then... for two years instead of four. Right, and then you could do the same thing where... 
in agreement to pick Comfer or whatever, and the Avs save seven million that way or whatever. A, a different way to get the money savings that they're looking for. What kind of pick would you have to attach, though? That's the that's the question. Like that's I, probably I imagine your first, Seattle's right? asking for the first. Yeah. Like, if you're Colorado, are you so desperate to get rid of that money? Right. We haven't even gotten to the forwards yet, and we've already come back around to. It doesn't have to be this complicated for the Avs, right? Just let them pick their guy. So yeah, I well because. And to me, the, the the only contract that you that I think Colorado should be actively looking to move is Comfers. Yep. It's the like, worst of the bunch. They've sure. gotten decent value on Donskoy's, right? And his analytics haven't been any good in Colorado, but he's produced. He's given them points. You know, uh he's his two highest goal scoring seasons have been with the Avs, and he's played sixty five and fifty one games respectively. So now, granted, his two highest shooting percentage seasons have also come with the Avs. <laughs> so how do you balance some of that, right? the 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 reality is, is that they've gotten good value out of Jonas Donskoy's contract through the first two years of that of that deal. So I don't think that they would be excited to move on from Donskoy. Like I don't think that they would be. I guess this is a third period conversation. Yeah, but. I'll let, you, I'll, let forward, you, so. yeah, I'll let you I'll let you break it break us down. So while we're drifting into the forwards, we talk about hunks of meat on this uh show <laughs> oh a lot. God. But today we're talking about Hassle Cattle Company. Quality, top tier, top shelf meat. Go get their Wagyu. It's absolutely delicious. Their Wagyu burger is available down at the DNVR bar. They also have a bunch of other amazing meat. Use that DNVR 10 code to get 10% off. Are they still doing the buy three, get one free? That Maybe that was for June only. I forget. But check them out. They do have other deals that they run all the time at HassleCattleCompany.com. For any meat needs you might have, if you get a group order together for $200 or more, you also get free shipping. So check them out today. Also brought to you all by Strava Craft Coffee, CBD-infused coffee, which you can get at the DNVR bar as well. I can't wait until we just have all of our products at the DNVR bar, by the way. Just <laughs> all of them. Like We have a yeah. significant number now, but we still need to get some in there. With Strava, you can go to their website and get 25% off your first order with code DNVR25. And their subscription service will give you 20% off basically for life. So go down there check them out as well if you're looking for less cbd and more thc then check out solace meds there's a location just a few blocks from the dnvr bar but four different ones in colorado including one up north in fort collins so you got plenty of options there head on down get 20 percent off when you order online for pickup with that dnvr 20 code and then they have a bunch of in-store deals rating from 10 to 25 percent off on select products as well Awesome people, awesome products. It's they take care of you all the way around. I love the the pickup option because you just get in, you get what you want, you get out. You don't have to wander around the uh, the store trying to figure out what the difference between all these products are. Because I'll be honest, I don't know. <laughs> and anyway, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ Rudo coming at you. Let's get into the forwards. Uh, all right. So, assuming they go with seven protected and not the four, which we kind of already talked about. If they did, you say expose Kadri. Pretty pretty straightforward there. They're obviously protecting the big three. Four and five would be Burkowski and Kadri. Yeah, I don't. Um... I know that there's been, oh, exposed cadre conversations. That's dumb. Don't do that. Um, Why would you willingly expose an effective 2C? I don't. Yeah. yeah. There, Winnipeg has been trying to find a 2C for how long? Like, they had to go and get Dubois to do it. Yep. You know, they had to give up Patrick Line in order to try and solve that problem. And so far, it hadn't worked out that great for either side. So, yeah, uh, go so <laughs> we'll, we'll see long term how things play out in a not totally screwed up year. But 
point is, is that two C's are hard to find. Like quality second line centers, where these are these are guys who are one C's on bad teams. Yep. Which is what Kadri was the first part of his career. Yep. It's just there's no there's there's no logic to this. You can't you can't just be like, well, Alex Newhook exists, and then just pretend that that's enough. Um. For for Nazem Kadri, that's insane. Not uh, that's that's something that you do two years ago when you're still building up your program, and you are just like, well, we've got nobody better. Yeah, that's how Tyson Jost ended up in the NHL. What appeared to be a year too early. Yep. Um. Although, boy, that's a lot of revisionist history on our part. I. Yeah, I, just because that wasn't a conversation that was happening when he signed because he was he a point per game it, guy in North NCAA, Dakota. Yeah, I, like I, I anyway. I mean, that's a whole other pod where I struggle with saying you rushed a dude into the NHL in general. Like, yeah, the only, the only, the only time you ever hear that argument is when a guy doesn't reach his potential. I, yeah. I, or his perceived potential. It's, it's not a theory that I believe in at all. It, you can always send a dude back to a lower level. But anyway, not what this show's about. Yeah, it's um, not at all. Um, so we agree. We agree that protecting Kadri is pretty easy. Yeah. Protecting Landis Cog is also easy, even though he's a pending UFA. You just protect him. You don't get cute. You don't try and. You're not so desperate to protect Jonas Donskoy or somebody yeah. that. Don't whatever. Be- don't be dumb. Protect yeah. the, the face of the franchise. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Um, All right. So then, and then protect Burkowski, obviously, yep. because if you don't, they take him in a nanosecond, that, and that's just a value thing. <laughs> you just protect that dude. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? If you leave that guy unprotected, yeah. Um, so that um, the top five is easy. Yeah, and then after that, I think you and I are probably in agreement that you just protect Tyson Jost and Val Natushkin. Nachushkin gives you a really important depth role, uh, a reliable guy. You're comfortable with him. You know what you're going to get out of him, and he does one thing at a really, really high level. That's valuable. You keep him. Tyson Jost, same thing, but his his is even more about age and price. Yeah, right. Cost control is what Jost is going to be about more than anything. But Even even if that dude signed a long-term deal tomorrow, he would still make less money per year than any of these other guys that we're talking about. And he overtook JT Comfer in the lineup this year. I mean, that's just what happened. Yep. He Comfer spent most of his year um, trying, either trying to find a spot or on the fourth line. Look at the playoffs who got promoted to two C. It was Tyson Jost at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, and when JT, then JT Comfer also got thrown back kind of into that, into that center mix. Yep. And like did okay, but didn't didn't do anything that says this guy's definitely better than Tyson Jost. Yep. And the scoring was down. The it's just different. So, you know, uh, can I picture myself saying protect Nuke two years ago? No, but that's also why two years ago, when people were trying to do expansion draft projections, they were incredibly stupid back then. Why we spent the entire nineteen twenty season like we'll talk about the expansion draft later, <laughs> right? Because it was a total waste of time. There's you still have multiple seasons of hockey to be played. You have a lot of information to go in that time, so definitely not. But also, why those were dumb back then, and frankly, they really annoyed me. They, they it was just it was just so silly, it was such a waste of time. So, anyway, yeah, I, the two screen, you, yeah, you easy. protect. I think it's easy to protect both of them, especially the way Joe's finished the year in the regular yeah. season. Look, uh, if if Joe's didn't finish the way the, the 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 year the way that he did, you're not having this conversation. Yeah. If he didn't finish, look, his last, including the postseason, uh, his last thirty five games or so. He was right about a 40, 45 point pace player. And that's while playing an important role. If if he's that guy for even half the year, that's a slam dunk for the Evs. 
on on the role he's going to have on the team. Yeah. The other the thing he can't do though moving forward is the three points in twenty six yeah, games. He, he can't. You can't just mode. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just disappear. Yeah. And so that's where that's where it's tough. Um, trying to one, it's tough trying to value him on the contract because you could say, oh well, he finished this way, the the whatever, whatever. But he it was a tale of two seasons for him. That first season still matters. That first season is still counted. The three points in 26 games or whatever the exact number was, that, that still happened. You still have to keep that in mind when you're trying to pay this guy money. The one thing I will say is he did carve out a role for himself defensively and particularly being a key piece on the penalty kill. Definitely. So. Which was which was a big problem for him really all of his first several years in the league, he didn't have a consistent role. He just kept bouncing around. And this last year, they put him in one spot with one consistent line mate in Nachushkin. And Donskoy was a pretty consistent third line mate. If you look at the line mate data, Donskoy is way up there as the third guy um, on that line as, as his second most common line mate for Jost. He got put. He got. He got put in a repeatable job, and he did very well with it. It was a good year of major steps forward for Tyson Jost. Uh, how you know? What other steps forward are there? Does he continue to get better? Does the does the consistency come? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You protect him to find out. I mean, I, right? I think those questions are lessened a little bit by his second half of the season, right? You understand that he's capable of that how consistent is it that you're not sure but you know somewhere in that bag is is potentially a 40 point player yeah um so yeah i i think we've established jost and achushkin as these guys for quite a while this year uh but there are a handful of things that could throw a wrench into that Jonas Donskoy has been good value for the first yep. two years of his contract. He exactly. scored he scored 33 goals over the last two seasons for you, and he hasn't come close to playing 82 games. Yeah. Like, that's really, really hard to replace. If you just take out 33 goals from your lineup, if Donskoy is just gone, they have to replace that somehow. Yep. You know, now losing the $3.9 million, okay. Maybe maybe that's where you go out into free agency and you chase a uh, Blake Coleman, you know, and you try and get that guy to replace some of that for you. Just saying, like maybe that's what you, maybe that's <laughs> throwing the, it out there. Yeah, well, maybe that's the maybe that's the direction that you go to try and replace that. But it's going to be hard to do internally with any confidence. Now, you and I personally would be like, look, just give Martin Kelt that job. You give Martin Kaut the right wing job next to Tyson Jost and Val Nachushkin, and I think you'd have a really, really good third line. I love that idea. (laughs) I love that idea. But I don't think they agree with me. Clearly, it doesn't seem that way. So just based on based on what we've seen so far, it doesn't look like they, they agree with me. But that's the 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 young guys is kind of an also the, the X factor in this conversation. You you have Martin Kaut and Shane Bowers and Alex Newhook and Sampo Ranta. All of these guys are trying to find jobs in the NHL. You know, if Logan O'Connor's still around, he you figure that he probably takes one of those roster spots full time. Yeah, I, how much faith are they willing to put into the kids? Can can they commit to yeah. a forward kid playing a full-time role in the third line? It, it certainly seems like they're going to commit to Newhook, but even that's not guaranteed. And again, options are branching here. The Avs have choices to make. Um, I do want to talk about the sexy option, which is if they uh, if they think they can get a sod deal done before free agency. Uh, before free agency and after the expansion draft? It doesn't matter, before or after the expansion draft. Put themselves in a situation where they feel like it's worth it to protect Sod is the point that I'm getting at, to take one of those last two spots. 
Oh, that makes life hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because Nachushkin is reliable, consistent. Yeah. You know what you're getting. You know that offensively he's just going to be kind of a mess for 70% of the season, and he'll absolutely catch fire for a couple of weeks. Score six goals and then yeah, and nothing. But a lot of his production will just sort of fall on top of him and bounce off his body in some way. <laughs> you know, you know that you're not going to get like high end scoring out of him, but you know you're going to get amazing defense. Yep, as a third line left wing, we've seen him try and play up in the lineup and it hasn't translated. It don't work. So we know that there are the limitations there, but he's also 26. And he's got one year left on his deal at 2.5 until he goes into free agency. Tyson Jost is 23. Yeah. Currently unsigned. He's an RFA. I'm just not sure what kind of deal he gets because I think that would impact. If you're picking between Nachushkin and Jost, I, I think you go with the younger guy in I Jost. So you go He's with, also the center. Yep, exactly. A younger center, probably going to be cheaper. Yeah, at uh, least for right now. Yeah, in the immediate, at the very least. And then young enough that if it does, it, if it is a shorter term deal, he's an RFA at the end of it, and you can you can kick that can down the road a little bit. Yeah. Whereas, although he is getting close, man. Yeah, was he? I think this was I think, officially for his first year. I forget. I think this is year five for him. So it'd have to be a one-year deal anyway to not take him to UFA, I guess. But. Um, this was his fourth full season, and the first year didn't burn a deal or count okay. to UFA. Okay. So, so they could do a two-year. Yeah, so they've still got they've still got time to play. Yeah, but uh, and yeah, the fact that he's twenty-three, like, it's funny because like the guy has just been young forever. Yep. He was so young when he was drafted. He was so young when he got to the NHL. And even now, you know, he's he's been an AV for four full seasons, and he's only 23 years old. There's, like, absolutely an alternate universe where the, the production will never be the same, but he could be the Avalanche's Brandon Saab, where he's the dude that's around for a couple cups. Yeah. Kind of bounces around the league, and then he shows up on some contender, and it, everyone's like, this dude's only 28? What the hell? Yeah. Remember Brandon Brandon Sod was on the Young Star that North America team. Yep. That U23 like crazy pants loaded team. Um but he was on that team and like you don't think about him like that. Yep. Way too many dad vibes to be on that team. Dude. <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to be like Nathan McKinnon and Brandon Sod were on that team together. <laughs> Time don't work right. Thank you for more donations to the Yacht Fund, Sasha. Very appreciated. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so that's the only like internal thing that I could see really throwing a wrench into the Avs' last two forward spots. Is that's a that's a good problem to have, though. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, we have to protect a better player. Sucks to suck, I guess. Yeah. LA's not splashing the cash at him, trying to get him to sign a six by six again. Yeah. Would be not too shabby for the Avs if they were forced to do that, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't. So, again, it's just circling back around to round up the scenario. In all of these situations, JT Comfer is exposed. most of them Donskoy is probably exposed in. Yeah, there may be a case to be made for protecting him, but it doesn't make a ton of sense asset and financially for the Avs, even with the quality play from Donskoy. So those are likely to the best available forwards there. And then the Avs don't have a lot exposed beyond that because Belmar's a UFA, Calvert's a UFA. Uh, yes, they have Logan O'Connor exposed, but Newhook's going to be exempt. 
Ranta obviously exempt. Yeah. It's it, so it really I think boils down to to those two guys on on the forward side is, is Comfer and Donskoy and potentially Nichushkin if good things happen as far as other options. Um but that's that's more or less what it looks like for Colorado right now. It's really it's really not complicated. Yeah, it, it it isn't for Colorado. There's not they don't have to do a whole lot of dancing around to protect what they want to protect in this one. They could try and get cute with it, as we talked about a little bit, with maybe trying to move out extra money, but beyond that, there's not a whole lot for them to do. Yeah. So no, we talked about the Landiscock thing, man. You're yep. not going to expose that guy. Yep, just don't do it. It's just, you do that, and then a team that has no players and is going to really struggle to find first-line caliber players so has one to build around yeah. and has has an entire, or has, has all, like, $60 million to go to get to the salary cap floor to spend they could just they could just price you out of it. Yep. If you're gonna try and get if you're gonna try and get cute with the expansion draft, this is the exact thing that you do not do in the expansion draft. Oh well what happened what happened what what oh all these teams oh they're gonna learn from Vegas. You know you don't oh don't trade away this or trade away that or any of that. We had those we, we had those conversations earlier and we came to the agreement just lose a guy. And when it comes to Landeskog, you don't need to get cute here. You don't need, oh, well, we can, you know, we've got a handshake agreement. We can do this and we can do that. That dude that dude gets a, suddenly gets the bug in his ear. Oh, hey, come be Seattle's first captain. Come do all these things. You know, come, oh, hey, by the way, we'll, we'll give you $3 million more per year than the abs can afford to. Just... Come be the face of our franchise. Come do any of this stuff, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. To your to your point, I, I believe it is essentially as soon as the protection lists are submitted, any pending UFAs, Seattle can start talking to. <clears throat> so if Landy is is unsigned and not protected, Seattle can start talking to him on July seventeenth. Yeah, and uh, which is significantly earlier than everybody else. To to the point of our most recent comment in chat, what are you what are you exposing Landeskog to protect? Yep is is it JT is it really JT Comfer? Is it really Jonas Donskoy? Is Jonas Donskoy worth losing your franchise captain? Like even putting it out there, and you know even just taking that chance, you're you're asking to get burned. Yep. Now look, if you get away with it, then fine. Like if they if they do that and they have a handshake agreement or if Seattle doesn't mess with it, whatever, and they they expose Landeskog and Landeskog comes back next year to Colorado and everything's all good and well, then great, you 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 got away with one, but you're asking for problems. Yep. And I don't and and in the name of what exactly? Right. Well, that's that's the the conversation exactly right. It it's a completely different world if there's a deal in place, but you don't just expose him and hope for the best. Yeah. It's not a smart thing. It's not a reasonable thing to do. Yeah. I just don't. If, if, if you were talking about like a Landis cog and, you know, even like if you were had to pick a Landis cog or a sod, like at least, at, at least there you're talking about, these are these are both really really good players that are going to be able but to help you. Maybe at least Saad gives you similar production levels, right? Like if you you know if if Saad is asking for two million dollars less per year than Landeskog, you put Saad next to McKinnon and Rantanen, you at least have a shot to reproduce the the same kind of numbers. Yeah, to 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 at least reproduce the same kind of magic on that line. Like you, you at least give yourself a chance. That would be a conversation. That's not the conversation being had. It's do you want to expose Landeskog so you can protect Donskoy or Comfort? Yeah. Or or if they if they choose to protect Donskoy, 
then you're then you're exposing Landeskog to protect Joster Nachushkin. Yeah. Are no, you just don't play that game. Would it become more of a conversation if it was a four and four? So say they expose Landy, protect Burakovsky and Kadri, and then they protect Graves or EJ and Taves. Repeat the question. Uh, let's say EJ doesn't wave and the Avs don't buy him out. So it's, they have to four and four to protect Taves. And you, <sighs> would you protect Burakovsky and Kadri and then leave Landy exposed? Is that a conversation? Yeah. Yeah, then I would, because you're already in a terrible spot. Well, I, 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 the, the argument is expose Kadri or expose Landeskog there, I guess, really. Yeah. So. I mean, Burkowski's only got one year left on that deal. And, yeah. and, like, as much as it's he's proven his value in the regular season, he's had two very different postseasons. Yeah. You know, one one where he was aces, and then one where he completely disappeared yep so you know i think burkowski's got his own question marks here but if you have to if they get forced into a four and four somehow which this we're in fantasy land at this point basically yeah i mm. that's a good way to put it i think that pretty much sums up that whole situation yeah again the Avs don't have to overcomplicate this. Just do the simple thing. Protect the dudes that make sense. Lose your guy and move on. That's really what it's going to come down to. Um, yeah. Not uh, not going to really cover it any more than that. We're well over an hour on the show here. So uh, final thoughts on the Avs? I think expansion draft list. Well, I, I think really where this conversation gets interesting is I think tomorrow we'll probably dive into the rest of the central division yep. and, and you'll start to see what other teams are going to be losing in the expansion draft as well. Yeah. So, there are going to be some teams that are in really tough spots. Like yep. Nashville took a step towards trying to solve some of their problems, Yep. but there are some teams that are just not in, not in good shape. Yep. They're just they're just not in good shape. Agreed. So we'll take a look at that tomorrow. But thank you everybody for watching, listening, all that good stuff today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the video here on YouTube. That helps us out a ton. But we are out of here for the day. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend for the fourth of July. And we will talk to y'all tomorrow. <laughs>